Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, I want to talk about goal setting a little bit, because we had Tom Ziegler do a goal setting workshop for us yesterday. And I went to lunch with Tom, and we spent about an hour speaking. And it really became interesting to me because there's really a, in my mind, a disconnect in some of the self-help conversation out there of how and what to do to become successful. And the it's it's really almost oxymoronic. It's like it doesn't really fit together. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so the only way I can discuss it is to kind of bounce back and forth between the two ideals and see what makes sense and what doesn't as we just work our way through it. So what are the two ideals I'm talking about? The first one is, is the ideal that life should be balanced, that there should be for you to be a happy individual, successful individual, your life has to be balanced. Now, you hear, you hear me speak about this all the time. It's not the money, it's the lifestyle, health and fitness, family, relationships, friends, relationships, financial security, wealth, all these different things all have to have a semblance of success. And when you look at many of the self-help courses, including the one Tom was showing me yesterday, they have a circle like a wheel. And more, it's more of a wheel with spokes. And each one of those spokes is supposed to represent some portion of your life. And if the spokes are different lengths, in other words, you've got one thing that's really strong in your life, but the other really weak, you have a very odd-shaped wheel. It doesn't roll very well. That's metaphorically saying your, your life is a struggle because your life isn't, you know, perfectly round. And so I understand that metaphor. The logic behind, hey, what good is if you make a lot of money when you come home and you're miserable because you know, your family life is terrible uh, or your relationship with your kids or your spouse are terrible? Or what good is to make a lot of money if you have, um, you know, if you're sick, not healthy? And so there's logic to this. I mean, this is a, this is a theory. It's an ideal that makes sense on the surface. But then when we dig a little deeper and go over to the other side of the abyss and say, well, and I'm going to quote my dad. My dad said, Dell, we can do anything that anybody can do and be 80 or 90 percent as successful as they are. And I had another friend who said, nobody cares who's third place. Uh, I think Nellie said it. I am number one, two is not a winner, three no one remembers. And I had a friend that was the strongest man in the world at one time for a couple of years. I think he was like four or five times in a row, strongest man in the world. 
His name is Bill Kazmaier. He's on TV whenever they have the Strongest Man in the World contest. He's the color commentator guy. He weighs about 350 pounds. And he used to tell me, Del, people don't like to go watch little men lift little weights, even though they're the strongest little man there is. People want to see big men. They want to see the best, the biggest, the strongest, the best. And there's nothing balanced about that theory. However, who are all the winners? The winners are almost always the guys that are out of balance. Why? Because you have to get out of balance to become the best. Whatever it is you want to perfect in life, you're going to have to put a lot more into that one thing that you want to be perfect at to be able to be successful at it. Now, when I'm saying successful, I'm saying, okay, yeah, you're a great middle manager in corporate America, but you're still just a poor man living a life of quiet desperation. You're not rich, you're not powerful, and you're not famous. Say, well, I don't need any of those things. Of course you don't. Nobody does. Really? What do you think everybody wants? Some form of that. Whether it's just being famous as the best dad. You know, all these t-shirts, I'm the best dad. Well, what do you have to do to be the best dad? You've got to get out of balance. You've got to go every single game with your kids, whether it be baseball, football, hockey, swimming, dancing, whatever it is, whatever your kids do, you've got to be there for them every time. Drive them around, sit down with them every night, eat dinner with them, read them books every day. Be totally involved with everything in their life. Now, to you, that sounds, well, yeah. And to me, that yeah, that's out of balance. Because I've raised kids, and I've got to go to work. I've got to go work out. I've got to spend some time with my spouse, right? And I have to spend some time with my kid, but I'm not going to spend all of my time with my child. So it's out of balance. Now, I'm not trying to be the best dad. I'm just using that as an example. The point I'm getting to is to become successful at something, you're going to have to disrupt your schedule in some way, shape, or form, to some extent, you're going to have to disrupt your schedule. So when you look at doing something to make more money, if you pick up a job as a way to make more money, you're going to be working more all the time. Get that second job like Dave Ramsey says to do. And you're going to be working more all the time. Now, when you go out and buy a piece of real estate, there is this disruption. You've got to locate, evaluate, negotiate, contract, finance and close this deal. If it's a house, you got to put a tenant in it usually. If it's an apartment, you've got to put a manager in it to run it. So there is this upfront invested time that's necessary to be successful. And for different endeavors, it's a different amount. My daughter just recently won her first bodybuilding contest, and she trained for 12 weeks. During that 12 weeks, she did almost nothing but training. It was She was totally consumed. And in her first contest, she won because she was consumed by that. Now, I did that when I was a kid. I became a bodybuilder, actually Olympic lifter, power lifter, and bodybuilder. And I became totally consumed. And it was almost all I did besides work. So I had terrible relationships. I was terribly out of balance in my life. But I was a winner. And I remember at 34 years of age, I said, I'm not going to bodybuild anymore. It has driven my life too far out of balance. I don't have any successful relationships. I don't have anything really going 
in my life other than being a bodybuilder and having a job. And so at the time, I was working 12 hours a day, six days a week at my job and bodybuilding a couple hours a day after work or before work or during whatever. And in other words, I spent the entire day in the gym, working in the gym and then working on myself in the gym. And one day I just said, it's done. I quit my, quit my job and I quit lifting. I quit bodybuilding, tried to stay in shape. But I had seen that it's gone too far. So here we are now, we're perplexed. We're in the center of making a decision. Now we're going to set goals. We're sitting here at a goal setting, goal setting workshop, and you go, what do I want? Now, you could say, I want to be perfectly in balance. I want to spend just the right amount of time with my spouse, with my child, with my friends, with my work, my investments, and my health, and my fitness, and whatever. And you could set that up as your goal. But how does that really work? Do you have a life that you do exactly the same thing every day so the balance stays exactly perfect? Is that really the goal of your life? Interesting thought, because I don't think it is. And I think many people set out with that type of a goal structure arrangement that we've got to keep life in balance and figure out very quickly it's impossible to keep life in balance. All you need is a flat tire, and you'll see how out of balance your life is. Hey, heaven forbid you want to go on a vacation for a week. That really throws everything out of balance. So is it really balance that we're searching for? Then again, on the other hand, we'll go to break. Give us a call and answer this. Or do you want success? And is success worth getting out of balance for? Our number here is 877-711-5211. I'd love to hear your opinion on this topic. Which is more important, total balance or success? 877-711-5211. Phone lines are open. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 10 of the last 10 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Our number here is 877-711-5211. I'm looking for opinions that you might have on this topic that we're working with here today, which is uh, trying to decipher which one makes more sense. The goal-setting theory of having a perfectly balanced life so that you, you're enjoying life because it's balanced and it's healthy and holistic, or the theory of wanting to be successful and putting a lot of effort into something to become successful. And the theory here, the idea is that you could do, you could live a mediocre life your entire life and be perfectly in balance, but really have nothing 
of interest or excitement in your life. And I wonder, are there people out there that that's fine? I'm never going to do anything exciting. I'm never going to disrupt my schedule by going someplace exciting, no vacations. I'm never going to disrupt my workouts. I'm never going to disrupt uh, my time with my children. I'm never going to leave my children behind and go somewhere and do something myself or with my spouse. Uh, You know, I'm never going to get rich. I'm never going to be financially successful. I'm never going to make it big in corporate America. You know, I'm never going to be an athlete. I'm never going to be in great shape. But I will have a little bit of all of that. Is that the right way to see the world? Or am I willing to let my wheel get out of balance so that I can succeed in something that will change my life forever? Now, I had to reconcile this. And I know that all the self-help books I kept reading, all the goal-setting books I kept reading, you've got to have goals in each segment of your life. But that didn't get me where I wanted to be. So I decided I would let my wheel get out of balance. And then when I sat and thought about it, it really came to me that there is a way to have both. Not at the same time. And I came up with a theory. And the theory is you can have anything you want in life, but you can't have everything in life. You've got to focus on what it is you want. If you really want something that is great to be in your life, let's say it's a great spouse, then you're going to have to live out of balance to go after that person and initiate a relationship, bind the relationship, get married, build the relationship, have the family. That's going to take a lot of effort, which is going to mean you can't do everything else. If you want to work hard at something, whether it be an athletic event or a business process, you're going to have to put in extra energy and time into that, and it's going to take you out of balance. So I finally came to the conclusion that, all right, the trick here is to know that you're going out of balance. In other words, many of us are living our lives out of balance. We're workaholics. We don't realize we're workaholics. And you want to know if you're a workaholic and because I've, I've got this gene that's in my body somewhere, this workaholic gene, this excessive compulsive gene, that if I got rid of everything I had to do, I've got all my chores done, all my projects done, and I had nothing to do. It was just, hey, now we can go relax. I would find something else to do. I will always find another project to start. That's just a part of my excessive compulsive personality. So what I realized was what I need to do is plan for that excessiveness and teach myself a lesson that you can have whatever you want, but you can't have everything you want. So don't try to go do them all at the same time. That is the impossibility. Do them one at a time. Get it done and accomplish the reward. So when I went out there and became a successful bodybuilder, I put a lot of effort and energy into it. I won. I got Tons of trophies, which um, I don't really mean trophies mean anything, but they're just a representation of the work you put in, the success you had. And I, I came away with lots of self-respect, knowing that I could accomplish goals that I set for myself. Um, and I got all the stuff that I thought I'd get out of winning those contests. But then I very quickly 
realized and changed and said, okay, now that I've got what that has to offer me, it will be with me the rest of my life. And by the way, the most important thing I learned by becoming a bodybuilder was I was a little fat kid first. And I figured out if you just model the right person, if someone's already successful, follow what they're doing to be successful. If you're out there trying to reinvent the wheel, you're wasting your time. You need mentors. You need coaches. You need the people to help you get where you need to be. And that's what I learned. That was the most important thing I learned. But I got that, and I put that in my bag of tricks, per se, for the rest of my life. Then I went out and started buying single-family houses. And I picked up enough single-family houses that I could let go of my 12-hour-a-day, six-day-a-week job. Now, it took a lot of time and effort to set that up. But once it was set up and I quit my job, I really had nothing to do because it didn't take hardly any time at all to manage the houses. And I didn't have a job of 12 hours a day, six days a week. So by putting a tremendous amount of effort in at one time up front, I was able to put myself in a position where I had lots of time the rest of my life. Now, like I said, I'm an excessive compulsive, so when I had all that time, I had nothing to do. So I started Lifestyles to help other people and spent a lot of time helping other people. There you go. But the bottom line was the effort was worth it. Now, when I set up Lifestyles, I put a lot of effort in to write all the manuals, to come up with all the the theories, to, to teach all the stuff. And then I hired people to do every one of them. I had like 12 hats on, and each you know, year or each six months or whatever it was, I'd take a hat off and give it to somebody else until I had 12 people doing what I used to do. And I used to laugh at it because people go, man, I don't know how you get this job done. I go, that job, I had 12 jobs. You just took one of my 12 and you're finding it difficult to get done. So I realized at that point is that the balance comes after the imbalance You need the imbalance to start the motion. Uh, If any of you have ever seen a pump, an old pump, water pump, like they used to have a well, you used to have to pour water into the pump and pump and pump and pump to get it to work before it would work. The same thing happens in my, my pool pumps. You've got to put water into them before they will catch a siphon, they'll catch it flow. And it's the same thing with anything else. If you want something great in your life, you're going to have to put out an exorbitant amount of effort and energy at first to get the result. But then the maintenance part is what becomes easy. Another way to look at it is if you've ever seen a magician who spins plates on pool sticks. You know, it's real hard for him to get the plates up onto the pool sticks and keep all the others going while he's putting a new plate up. That's the hard part. Once the plates are all up there, keeping them spinning is not a challenge. Nowhere near as much as it is putting up another plate. That's the secret to goal setting, my friends. This year, what is going to be your new plate you're going to throw up there while you keep the other ones just spinning comfortably where they're at? Take a short break. We'll be right back with the Del Walmsley Radio Show.
listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. The largest wealth and passive income expo in the country is coming to Texas Saturday, April 14th. Join thousands of top investors and expert wealth educators. Pick from topics like passive income, retirement, asset protection, tax-free income, finding, fixing, and funding houses and apartments. Get your path to retirement in just one day. Go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Gain one-on-one access to hundreds of industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndication and trade professionals. Come shake hands with your retirement partner. Use promo code EXPO18 and get in for just $10. Meet national radio host, multimillionaire real estate investor, and mentor to the top award-winning investors in the country, Dell Walmsley. Use promo code EXPO18 to get your all-access pass for just $10. Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Meet featured speaker Brian Tracy, top-selling author of over 70 books, personal success and performance expert, along with Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, best-selling author and former United States Navy SEAL who received the Navy Cross and Purple Heart for his actions during Operation Red Wings. Your path to retirement in just one day. Wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Use promo code Expo 18. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Uh, I've got an email here that came in uh, that's rather interesting. I think it also spurs a larger conversation than just what he's asking. It says, I have access to a business in California who lends money at 10% a PR. Uh, does it cause you any heartache to see passives add an additional layer of leverage when they participate in a value play? I would assume rule one applies equally to both high and low leverage investments. Rule one is don't lose money. Okay? In theory, for a value play with two years to stabilize and pull out 100% of invested capital, I could pay $250,000, 125 year one and 125 in year two, uh, of interest to leverage my 250000 into a $101.25 million investment and subsequently equity capture and cash flow. All right. I'm not understanding the gentleman's numbers completely, but theory I understand. What he's saying is we have potential possibility of earning 100, 200, 300, 400% return on some of our investments, whatever that investment may be. We'll just say 100000 keep it easy for the math. And his theory is, if I can go borrow money at 10%, I would have only in two years spent 20% of the 100000 So I would have spent 20000 And if I'm going to make 100% return, 100000 gain, then I'm still going to make 80000 but I will have none of my own money in the deal because I would have borrowed the $100,000. And in theory... That is the essence of what leverage does. It increases your rate of return. Um, but the problem with this is, is that there is a level of leverage where the risk is catapulted, completely catapulted. And that level of risk is pretty much controlled by the amount of equity you have in the deal. Now, here's where it gets confusing. Because people go, what if the market turns on you? Well, the market can turn on us. It doesn't hurt us because we're not going to sell the house. We're not being forced. We're still able to make the payments because the rents still come in. But if you own your own home, right, and something goes wrong, you've got no way to pay the payments. If you lose your job, you're out. So if the market goes down, you lose money on the deal. So leverage is important because how far does it go down before you can't sell it without taking a loss? The 
common way to finance a house is 80% loan to value, 20% down. But with correct usage of leverage, you can buy that house 100% financed. Now, here's where you are having the disconnect. When we go buy a house and we use hard money, which is lenders that are willing to lend above and beyond the 80%, these hard money lenders aren't lending above 80%. They're lending below 80%. In other words, they're lending up to an amount equal to 80% of the value. So even though we're buying the house below market value and getting a loan up to that amount, we may not have put our own money in, but we still have the equity in the deal. So if the market goes up or down, we've got that flexibility of knowing that it could go down as much as 25% doesn't even affect us. And past that point, it only affects us a little bit because we have so little in the deal that it's not going to hurt us. So in this case, though, where you have a value play, where it could go wrong, somebody doing the deal might not be good enough to do it correctly. Um, You could run into any number of obstacles. To go that far out in debt would be a dangerous thing to do. Now, have I done it? Yes. I I hate to admit it, but I bought an apartment complex. And I put the $327,000 that I had to put down for the down payment on 27 credit cards. But here's what you don't know or don't understand about that. I did it as an example to a banker to prove it could be done. And I was using it and tracking it so that he could see that you could do it. The reality is I had enough equity in my other houses to pay the $327,000 Uh, And I even had cash in hand that could have paid part of it. So I was never really at risk. But for the average person to do something like this, it would put them at great risk. So I I think there's the leverage maximum for the average person should be 90% maximum. That's the most I would leverage anything. Uh, I prefer to see you under 80%. But again, if you can go 100% leverage with by buying it below what it's worth, then by all means, let's put nothing down. 877-711-5211. We've got a caller from California. It's Glenn, I believe. Glenn, how can we help you today? Oh, yeah. So, wow. I was talking to Dell two days in a row. This is like my mini two-day seminar here. I'm calling because I wanted to address your question about uh, having a balanced life. And somebody once told me that I should consider replacing the word balanced with blended. And it's, this actually relates to that um, that webinar that I took yesterday where um, Tom Ziegler was t- t- uh, talking about uh, like seven spokes of life. And uh, one thing that was covered there, and I've learned over time, I wish I knew it earlier in my life, was there are times that we're going to prioritize on different things like health or family or career. And if we try to lead, lead a balanced life, what we end up doing is we want, to, we want to give them all the same level of attention, but we just can't. Um, you know, like you say, we can have anything, but we can't have everything. We need to somehow prioritize. Uh, we need to know... Um, 
We need to know why we're doing it. And, and of all things, um, I actually have something that I'm in the middle of fixing that's called an equalizer. And you probably have one of those in your studio where you're recording this. But the funny thing is about for an equalizer to sound good, you have to bring it out of balance from time to time. And it makes a difference in your sound. You, people can play with that if they listen to you, if they have an equalizer. And, and think about every band on that equalizer is a part of your life, your health, your family, your career. Um, so you, you may want to play it, too, when you hear your recordings. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to contribute of balance versus blended. Interesting concept. I appreciate it, Glenn. Thanks for calling in. I hope you enjoyed that workshop last night with Tom Ziegler. Oh, definitely. Schedule another one. <laughs> Thank you uh, we so have much. Coming, we do have him coming back. We've got him coming back three more times this year. So, yeah, we'll get, get you in again. Like father, like son. Yeah. Apple doesn't roll that far from the tree, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Jen. All Glenn. right. Thank you so much. All right. Somebody sent me a an email here with an article attached to it and wanted me to comment on it. And basically what the article is saying is, is that the Teamsters Union in New York, which is the truck drivers, which used to be, as far as I can remember, the strongest union in the country. The Teamsters Union was the strongest union in the company. And what's happened is, is that they are the first union, supposedly, Teamsters Union, the first one, New York's Teamsters Union is the first one to literally go broke. So a couple years back, what they did was they saw that they were going broke. They couldn't keep up. And um, they took everybody's pay, which was, I'm going to give you a number. They, they quoted somewhere between three and $4,000 a month was what they would get paid the rest of their life with some kind of a cost of living increase on it, a COLA. And they cut it by a third. So now people were only getting two to $3,000. They thought that would fix it, bring it in balance and let it survive. That didn't work. And so last year they cut it down to under $1,000 a month per person and bankrupted it and turned it over to a pension insurance company, which I believe is backed by the U.S. government. I think it's a U.S. government entity that insures pension plans. Now, don't get me wrong. I read the article, but this is something I don't spend a lot of time studying because I don't believe in pensions and I don't believe in you know, government-backed programs. But they're talking now that there are 4,000 people in Union 707, another 35,000 people, another 35,000 in Union 641 and 560 that are now going to be suffering the loss of their pensions. And these guys are talking about the fact they paid into these pensions for 30 years, and now they're all gone. That's what happens with a Ponzi scheme, which might happen to Social Security in our lifetime. We'll take a short break, come back. If you've got any comments on these Teamsters Union or any of the other stuff we brought up today, 877-711-5211. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year? 
how long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the last segment of the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Uh, got an email here that's a rather perplexing question in that it's more of a personal decision than a financial decision, but I'll weigh into it anyway uh, because it's something that may throw some light on something you make a decision in your life. But it reads, um, this is my situation. I have a family home free and clear that I have been renting going on four years now. Okay. First of all, you should never own a home free and clear. That is just a gigantic lawsuit waiting to happen. Somebody sues you, that house is free and clear. They're going to want to take that house. Um, when I got divorced, my uh, ex-wife's attorney could have taken millions and millions of dollars, but they only went after one house. Of all my houses, they only went after one house, and that was one that was free and clear. They're afraid of debt. They didn't want any of the other houses because there was debt on them. And so she walked away with my cash, and she walked away with one house. From that point on, I realized I'd never owned anything free and clear again unless it would protect in some way that you couldn't get to it, uh, no matter what, including divorce. It is a bad situation to own something free and clear. Secondly, the rate of return on this house, not having a loan on, not being leveraged, is lower than what it could be if it were leveraged. Number three, if she were to refinance this property and pull the money out, then she could take that money and go buy two or three or four more houses and really increase her cash flow tremendously. She goes on and says the value of the house is about $97,000. So if she were to refinance or to sell it, she could get you know 97000 bucks. Uh, that could buy you at least four houses, maybe more if done correctly. So I have a couple of IRAs that total around 150000 so there's another 150000 doing nothing right now. And then she says, the home I live in now is around 190000 However, I've just filed for divorce. The family home is mine. I own that before marriage. Since we do not have any minor children, hopefully we'll be able to agree that we both just take our own debt and retirement. I'm requesting that I keep the house and pay him the equity. Financing is in my name only, but of course he's on the deed. So I need to wait until this is over, which I expect to do soon. All right. So here's my two cents. My 10 cents is free, as someone, a great rapper once said. Here's my two cents. My 10 cents is free. And that is, I would not stay in the house that I lived in with another person. I would not waste 15000 of my money buying that house back from another person. I would take and sell that house and find a new, fresh beginning somewhere where 
I could forget all the stuff that ever occurred in that house. I could leave that house and leave that old relationship behind and start fresh. And if his share of the equity is 15000 that means her share of the equity is 15000 She could take that 15000 and buy another house easily. And maybe she doesn't even need a $190,000 house anymore now that she's by herself. And they've got no kids. So what does she need a $190,000 house for? So here's a situation where this lady, and I've seen this happen. That's, that's why I took this question on. I've seen it happen. Literally, ladies join lifestyles with their husbands. The husband says, this is a joke. We're not going to do it. I like my 401k where it's at. I don't want, you know, we're not going to put debt on the house and whatever. And the wife is sitting there saying, I want to be successful. I want to be wealthy. I want to quit our jobs. I want to retire. And the husband is just dragging his feet. And finally, the stress created by the two different desire types in life, one wanting to grow and move on and get rich and the other wanting to be stagnant and get old, tears them apart. And like I said, I've seen this happen multiple times where a lady divorced her husband. One lady divorced her husband, took her share of the proceeds, bought an apartment complex and retired, has never worked another day in her life. Another lady took her proceeds from her divorce, bought two apartments and seven houses, never worked another day in her life. In both cases, because I know the husbands, they're still working 10, 15 years later. So my point is, when you're breaking something off because it didn't work, you don't want to tie yourself to any semblance of back action that could ever occur. Anything ever occurs where there's any reason to communicate with each other. And having lived someplace together, there's going to be stuff that's going to come up. He's going to want to come over to get something. He's going to want this. He's going to want that. Whatever. Now, I think what she's saying is the easiest thing for her to do would be just to give him the 15000 bucks and keep living where she's living so it doesn't disrupt her life at all. I understand that. That's the simplest answer. And in that case, that may be exactly what she does, and she may be very happy the way she did it. But what I'm saying to you is the very theory that says I'm going to take the least amount of activity to get out of this, I'm going to do the, make this the easiest thing to do, is the same reason she has 401K or an IRA that's not making any money and a rent house that's not making enough money. That's the difference. So my statement to end the show with is sometimes it's better to have done more than what you wanted to than a whole lot less than what you needed to to get it right. Let me repeat that for you. Sometimes it's better to do a whole lot more than you wanted to than to do a whole lot less than what you needed to to get it right. Hope that helps. Have a wonderful day. And remember always, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. See you tomorrow. Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.
The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. L 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 any product or security.